Welcome to Healthy Wealthy Wise Mind, where we learn more about how truly marvelous and wonderfully made we already are. Join me, Ana Gaeta, your faith and fitness trainer, as we unpack the biblical wisdom behind really cool science facts and medical research. This will have you running right into God's loving arms. So, get ready for him to download some amazing insights from his word into your heart. Let's start. Um, again, any prayer requests, please let me know in the back channel and we're going to get started. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this wonderful day and all the blessings that you've given us. Thank you that we get to rejoice in your presence and be gathered here today, Lord, to be intentional about the insights and downloads that you have for us in regards to how wonderfully made we are, how perfectly shaped you created us, and how every part of us is so intentionally made with your love, Lord. As we dig a little deeper into this process that you have created in our minds, souls, and bodies for greatness and glory and so many wonderful things, Lord, may it be you leading every step of the way in every insight and Lord, allow us to continue to take forth to you whatever it is that you show us in this room, whatever it is that you personally want to speak to each and every one of us about in our bodies, in our lives. Lord, may we be able to bring that to you with full confidence in Christ that you have done it in love, that all things that you show us is because there is something wonderful that you have for us. And so we thank you and praise you. And I thank you for all the personal individual conversations you're going to have with each person in this room as we dig into your word and the wisdom in the medical like knowledge that you have also given us. And so we thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. And so thank you for being here, Natasha, Samantha, Janelle, Trey, Jacob. If any of you guys have an iPhone and want to record, feel free to come up and I'll make you a moderator so we can turn replays on. Um, so we'll get started. Thank you for being here. And in the past, last week, um, I was literally just arriving from a flight. So I didn't get to share uh, this third part of the process that we were on. We did some coaching and some consultations for any of you guys that have any questions about any ailments or anything like that in your body or injuries or fitness. And in the previous weeks, though, we were talking about the, the different processes of speech production. And so speech production is... All of the process that happens from conception of an idea in your brain to the releasing of the words when we're talking and communicating, right? So what happens is that there first needs to be a thought, an idea that takes place. And so what happens is when we first have this, you know, conceptualization of we want to share something or say something and communicate something, the brain and the body work together to be able to have words come out of our mouth, right? And so um, what happens here is there are three different parts that we're looking at. The first part we looked at um, a couple of weeks ago was conceptualization, which, which is when you just have a concept of something like an idea, like this thing. And it can be sometimes even unconscious. Like let's say you 
are running and you stub your toe. And so something automatically comes out of you without it going through all of the formulations like you yell or ouch or oh, you know, like that um, sound, right? The concept of it is there and it just is released. But when we're thinking of having a more intricate, like a conversation or a response to something, in conceptualization, it it creates the intention for that to be spoken out of you and then it goes into formulation, which is the second part of the process. And in formulation is where the message is created into formal language. Here is where um, it encodes. Like your brain has a form of encoding like the phonetics and the grammatic, you know, structure of it before it uses the mouth and the larynx and the lungs to release the sound. It needs to create this formula for whatever it wants to release. And so with that, um, we looked at Proverbs 15, 28, which it talks about how the heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So a lot of the times what happens is if we haven't trained our brain um, to really go uh, and, and be intentional about what it releases, it will release what is there. Like whatever's in your heart, that's what's going to come out. And so it will just release that evil thing if it's not something that you have been working on. But if it's something that you're renewing your mind on and then you create, then your process of speech is more intricate and it spends more time in the formulation and conceptualization than it does in this third stage that we're going to be talking about, which is articulation. Okay. So articulation is when it actually comes out as words. And I'm going to go back a little bit and re- um, and, and just relist some of the reasons why this is so important um, and reset the room. So my name is Coach Anna. Um, most of you guys on here know me. Uh, I have this room on Mondays and it's called, uh, it's part of the Wonderfully Made series because we are so wonderfully made. And I've done a lot of research behind the medical areas and um, the way that we work and scientific studies and research and how it's so aligned with God's word. Um, you know, Dr. Karen Lee, she does a lot of this in the mind work and the mind, you know, issues, things like depression and stuff like that. I love doing it in the area of healing and different body aches and pains and things like that. After studying um, to be a fitness trainer and all of that, like I realized that a lot of the things and diseases that people were going through weren't just the physical problems. The, there's always the core um, thought behind it. And there's the core reasoning. And this is, it's actually a mind, body, soul connection. And even research from German studies, which is um, a lot of the therapy that I do is based on German new medicine. And the studies of Dr. Hammer, who was one of the most renowned surgeons, he was about to win a Nobel Prize. And, you know, obviously the you know, pharmaceutical companies went against him. But a lot of his work was based on the realization that even cancer and all these things, each specific type of cancer is rooted in specific conflicts that we have triggered because of different events or that are most unexpected. Like most of them are unexpected, but the way that our brain processes that, it then creates um a trigger in physical, like a physical trigger in the brain. And each part of your brain is like the command center for all your organs and all your body. And so if it triggers a specific part of the brain, each conflict triggers specific parts of the brain. And so that part of the brain will then trigger a specific organ, which will then trigger 
a specific conflict in your body. And so that's what happens from a sneeze and a cough to cancer, um, to thyroid problems, to all of these things. And so there was multiple research being done on this um, in the 80s. And he went really in depth with all his oncology patients. And one of the things that was discovered was that there had to be four things taking place in order for a conflict to become biological. It means that it wasn't just in your mind. Like it wasn't just a psychological problem or a trauma or anything. It actually became a physical representation in your body. And there are these four components to it. The first one is that it's unexpected. The second is that it's acute. The third is dramatic. And the fourth is that it's lived in solitude. And those four things, um, if you have any type of trauma, any type of conflict, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It literally, with kids, it can be like you taking away their favorite toy. It can be like you saying, no, you can't do this. And then to them, they make it mean something in their body and in their brain. And so if it's lived with all of these four things together, then it will have a physical effect. Now, if one of these things is missing, yeah, I'm sure like if, if it was a big thing, you know, a car accident or something, you're still going to have, um, you know, like that trauma or something. If you were, you know, held at gunpoint or whatever, there might be the physical trauma. But if one of these four things was not present, then it won't become a physical manifestation in your body. There won't be a, a specific uh, disease or organ or you know, all these being triggered. And so what we want to do is we want to remove the one that God has given us power over, which is lived in solitude. And I'm going to go deeper into explaining this because this is why I started this series on the speech process to understand the science and the biblical wisdom behind what really happens. Because you cannot, uh, you know, you cannot control when something is unexpected. It's unexpected. You can't control how acute or dramatic it is. But what you can control is the lived in solitude part. And so lived in solitude doesn't mean that you didn't tell anyone or that you didn't share it. It just means that we have a very social way of sharing things. And that's the problem. Sometimes, you know, even, uh, and I saw this uh, with one of my clients once uh, where she was talking, where she actually uh, she's here in Mexico, and so she was held at gunpoint when she got on a taxi, and um, they took her money. She had her rent money. She had all these things in her, you know, like, procession because she was literally on her way from the bank to go and pay bills and pay, you know, the landlord, all these things. And so she gets in the taxi, and the taxi's held at gunpoint, and so... They take her money. They take everything. She's obviously scared. A lot of happens. She gets home. She tells her husband. But she tells her husband, like, you know what? We just got robbed. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, the social way of saying this, you know? And, and her husband supported. He was there for her. She didn't. She wasn't alone. It did, Lived in solitude doesn't mean that you're alone. It means that you have not expressed it specifically enough for it to be released from your body. And so what happens is when a conflict is triggered, it will then activate different parts of the brain that will activate those specific organs. And based on the organ, it, based on the conflict is that part of the brain that is activated and the type of organ that is activated as well. And so this, from a conflict, you cannot know what organ will be triggered because every single person will make it mean something differently. Each body is so wonderfully made, but each mind has power of its own where it will trigger something differently. So for me, for example, I might make it mean like I'm angry and I'll trigger, you know, this anger and, and like this fear. Somebody else might be like, well, no, I'm, I'm actually just 
worried because I don't know what's going to happen with the rent or something like that. And so every person will have a detonate different things by what they make it mean. So from a conflict, you cannot know what organ will be triggered, but we work backwards. So from an organ being triggered, then you know the exact conflict that it activated. So I hope that kind of makes sense. So when an event happens, you we, we can't tell, we can't predict what organ is going to trigger because that person might have made it mean something differently than I did or than their neighbor or than somebody else. But when something physically happens, then I can tell, okay, it activated lungs. So there was fear. It activated this, like she has a breathing problem now. She has a, this problem. So I know what that person then made that mean. And we work backwards um, in that case. So I'm sharing this background because I know that not all of you were here when we went through that series where I talked about all of those things. And then now we're in this series of the speech process because what happens is when we can deactivate the lived-in solitude by specifically sharing what we thought and what we felt in the moment that that event happened, then we deactivate that fourth thing. And yes, we might still have to struggle with the maybe bad dreams or the psychological things, but it will not affect your body physically. It won't have like that illness that comes up or that issue in that organ or anything like that because you deactivate that fourth thing. And in order for it to become a biological conflict, all four things need to be in place. And so what we do is we use our speech, our words to be able to deactivate that fourth component. And so um, lived in solitude can be turned off or, you know, and so it doesn't become part of that by specifically sharing every thought that you were having when that happened and the feeling behind it with your words. If you want to write it down, that's okay, but you need to read it out loud so it can release from your body. And this is scientifically like, proven through Dr. Hammer's research as he was going through different patients and what happened um, to them and why some of them went through very similar things, but they didn't have cancer. They maybe just had a cough or something else or the length of time that it took them to deal with it. Because a conflict, the, the phase of being active will take as long as you take to resolve it emotionally, mentally, when your soul, and then the healing phase, which is when the physical effects come into play, the getting sick, the fever, the feeling bad, the hurting, that's the healing phase. And in that phase, it's going to be as long as a conflict active phase was. So if you have a conflict that is active for an hour, yeah, you're not going to allow your body to have enough things for it to have a healing phase that is very long. But if you have a conflict that lasted a year, before you were able to resolve it, then yeah, you're probably going to be dealing with some physical effects for a year. And so sadly, many of us have had conflicts that, you know, we haven't resolved for five years or three, and we want to make sure we address this. Now, lived in solitude can be deactivated by sharing, like in this case, this woman who went through this problem, um, she started to have lung problems. She started to have liver issues. She And so liver issues is the financial conflict of not feeling like I can provide or like I'm going to starve to death or, or I'm not going to be able to process this. So um, when that came to place, I, I, you know, like she had to say out loud, like what she was thinking specifically, she had to learn how to share that with her husband. Or even if you live alone with God out loud, 
and literally letting him know, okay, God, the moment that I got on this taxi, I felt like something was off, something didn't feel right, and I wasn't sure what it was. But then when, you know, they held me at gunpoint, the first thought I thought was, I'm, what are my kids going to do? What's going to happen to them? And I felt very afraid. Then they asked me for the money. And then I felt very worried because I thought, well, I'm going to get kicked out because this is going to be the third month that I am paying late. And then when they left and they cussed at me, I thought, how dare they? Like, I was so angry that on top of everything they did, they would dare to do this you know, on top of taking my money, on top of doing this. And so that's what I was thinking. And sharing the specific thought and the specific feeling out loud, whether it's with your husband or God, I usually encourage everybody to always have this constant communication with God out loud. And it allows you to release that from your body. And so when I was explaining the speech process, this is why I wanted to share it because it's so important to see what physically happens in your body when you release words out of your mouth. And so with that in mind, I'm going to go to Proverbs 15.4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Why? Because just like your words to say, this is what I thought and this is what I felt is important. It is also important to then shift and be like, okay, God, but I'm giving this to you. I'm being aware of the feeling that you were feeling, being aware of the thought that you were thinking and not ignoring it, but being aware of it so that you can give it to God and it can be released from your body. Because so many times we're too afraid to even say what we're thinking or what we're feeling. But it's that fear that then stops us from even healing because we don't want to look at the thought we had. We don't want to look at the feeling we had. It's uncomfortable, but it's even more uncomfortable to then now have to live with all this disease and illness and physical struggles because we weren't willing to be uncomfortable with the feeling. And so what I want to make sure that we do is that we understand the process that happens that God placed in our bodies and how amazing he created us to be able to even have the power to release ourselves from this um, as we learn how to process so the first part that we talked about as i said the conceptualization is when you you know you realize okay this event happened um and i need to be aware of it then you formulate language about around it okay that creates you know whether you speak one language or two you choose one and you're like okay um this is the feeling and this is the thought behind it. And God, I'm making myself aware of this because I'm giving it to you. I'm not making myself aware of this to, you know, spend the whole year being depressed because my boyfriend broke up with me. But it's because I know that it hurt. I know that it was painful. I know that it's this that I'm feeling because he said this and this, because this and this happened, because I didn't expect this to happen. And I'm giving this to you. And I'm releasing it to you. And then we spend that time with him. And so that's the second part, the formulation. When we create language around it, when we encode it in our brain. And what happens in our brain is that the synapses start connecting and the neurons start releasing that energy to formulate that specific energy of fear of creating into an encapsulated wording process that is encoded and then it then sends those signals to your body for that third part of the process which is the one we're talking about and it's articulation so in articulation what happens is that it sends messages to the lungs so that the lungs can grasp enough air for it to be sent into the vocal folds 
and then into the pharynx. And from the pharynx, it then sends it into the oral cavity and the vellum, which is part of the nasal cavity. And so from the pharynx, it's now going to split that air, that breath of life that is now encoded with specific language concept thoughts that are being that are then going to be released from your body and then that that from the pharynx it then ha part of it is going to be in through the nasal it's going to come out of your body through the nasal cavity and the other part the oral cavity what is the oral cavity the tongue the lips the the like cords in your throat that create that speech and in that process you are healing and you're releasing all of the thoughts and feelings that would otherwise remain inside in electrical currents being sent to that specific organ and that specific part of by that specific part of your brain and then generating signals codes to different organs to different body parts that are then going to harm you because it's your body needs to release it somehow and this is always what I tell people. It's better out than in. It is always better out than in. If you cry, if you save, it's always better out than in. Some people are like, why am I getting like these rash? It's better out than in. Your body is always trying to protect you. It was made so amazingly perfect by God that it will always try to release what you haven't released consciously. And so it's always trying to tell you what you need to release to him. And so in that moment, um, when you are now able to conceptualize to formulate language around it and then that signals the lung it's which signals the vocal cords which signals the pharynx and then splits the air into those two we can see how amazing god's word is because he talks about this he talks about in proverbs 18:21 death and life are in the power of the tongue your tongue your words have power. They are being released. And just like we use our tongue and our power to decree and declare good things over our life, we also get to use it to release ourselves from thoughts, feelings, unexpected events that could possibly have harmed us. And so um, I, I want to also look at Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And a lot of people look at this and say that I'm not going to speak anything. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. No, we have to be wise about how we say things, about how we share things. We have to spend the time in order for our brain to go through all of the process of conceptualization, of conceptualization which is taking that event or that thing and creating language for it then formulation which then codes it into the right grammatical formula formula and then allowing it to be released and articulated so that we can then have this power used for good and when we do that we can be aware of okay what am i saying am i always saying this thing or am, am i always saying oh i'm afraid am i always saying i thought this and i was afraid and then that's the fourth part of the process, which we're going to talk about next week, when we then analyze so that we can then speak now live and decree. But here's how I want you guys to look at it. Your brain is a closet. Imagine a closet in your brain where you have all these outfits, all these shirts, all these things that you wear, and you now want to buy this beautiful dress and this good thought and this new thing and these 
powerful, positive words. But you're trying to jam-pack it into a closet that is full of dirty clothes, that is full of outfits that don't match anymore, that don't fit you, and there's just no room for that positive thought. You want to make sure you clean out the closet first. You want to make sure that you release and let go of and throw away and get those thoughts and those outfits out of it that are taking up the space for the good ones, the ones that you actually like, the ones you want to try out, the ones that you want to use. And the problem is we want to skip over this part and we just want to go right into saying powerful, beautiful, motivational things. But no, that is not going to have a positive effect until you're willing to look at the nasty, ugly, negative ones that are there. Some of them are not even yours. Some of those thoughts there are not even yours. Some of them you borrowed and you never returned. Some of them, I don't know who came over and left them there. But you want you won't know that until you're willing to look at it, say them, release them, and throw them out. And what better way to throw them out than through this amazing process that cleans out all these thoughts and feelings without waiting for it to come out of you through a rash, a disease, a cough, a sneeze, a cancer. Okay, and this is why I really, really felt led to talk about this and, and share the amazing science behind all of this, behind all of God's truth and his word. And so we're going to go into uh, Proverbs 18.21 because here it repeats um, a lot of what Proverbs 21 says, but there's something really interesting. So if any of you guys were in my Friday room with Coach Christina, um, you guys can find the link for that in my profile. Um, that one was recorded. And so there we talked a lot about the fruit that Adam and Eve took and what it really means and what really happened in their bodies and what really happened in their thought processes that then led to them having to have this mortal bodies that we now physically get to experience and that the whole process of that, how it like it, it's very in depth, but here we are reminded of this. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Again, think about the fruits. There are good fruits, fruits of the spirit, and there are fruits of the enemy: lies, deception, shame, pain, guilt, anger, hate. Which fruits are we eating from? Because those are the fruits that we're being nourished from. And those are the fruits that are being effortlessly released from us every time we react towards something. Whatever it is. Whether it's an unexpected event. Whether it's somebody saying something to us. Whether it's something happening to us. Those are the fruits. And that's how we're going to see it. The power of the tongue. You have power. Your words have power. But those pow that power that God placed there. He placed it in your thoughts and your feelings because your brain, and I've said this multiple times, your brain in 24 hour generate 24 hours generates more power, like more power than your cell phones, than all the cell phones in the planet. One brain, your brain in 24 hours. That's how much power it generates. And so if that's how much power it generates, where are you releasing it to? Are you releasing it to heal yourself? Are you releasing it to have that love in your body? To have that release of all these things that are happening and you processing them correctly, releasing them, giving them to God, and then taking the power to now create powerful words and wonderful decrees? Or are you 
not even aware of the power and you're letting that energy and power actually cause things inside of your body. And that's really uh, something that we want to look at and not take it lightly. Because I think many of us take that lightly. We, we know that we're powerful, but we think of it just like in this metaphorical form of like, oh, yeah, like, sure, my words are powerful. Yeah, they are. And you more than you realize, like physically, scientifically proven power, not just metaphorical power. Like this is actual legit power that scientists have tested and found that the human brain has because God placed it there. Second Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, your mind, your brain, love, your heart, the organ that communicates the most with the brain and sound mind, self-control, the entire body that is being controlled by these two. So what I tell a lot, a lot of people is, what do I do? I My job is to train your brain, coach your body so that you can let God transform your heart because that's the way that you're going to get permanent lifestyle transformation. That's how you're going to get a true transformation so that we're not just healing whatever physical pain you have, whatever problem you have or whatever fitness issue or weight problem, but we're truly letting God deal with the events of that uh, that allow that to happen so you can have a permanent transformation throughout your life. And so... With that, I want to just read two more Bible verses that I want us to really ask God to show each of us what it is that he wants to show us through those, okay? You want to ask God, what do you want to show me about my life in this? The first one is Proverbs, um, like I said, Proverbs 18.21 that we, I'm sorry, Proverbs 16.24. And the second one is Psalms 19.14. So if you want to write those down. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. This is very, very important. Your words have that power. Your words have health and healing in them. And so understanding the way that you use them and how powerful they are, and the process that they go through in order for them to come out of your mouth is important. When we choose gracious words, we're allowing our words to seep in that process, to be released, and to speak life, which is what God shows us. What do you choose? You have placed life and death before you. Choose life. He's giving us that cue, like choose life. And so when we can see that our words have the power to carry that. We can see that they can be sweetness to the soul and health to the body. God didn't come out with this just because. Like, he's a very intentional father. He's a very intentional creator. And so the way he created you, everything he placed inside of you is there intentionally. The systems, the organs, the cells, the way that they split, the way that they're created, the way that they work, the way that they connect and the way that they're controlled by the brain, the way that every everything in his word is set there intentionally, the way that he said that, you know, we are the head, that yes, like that is the control center, all these things. He's very intentional in his word. And so the more time that we spend in it, looking and seeing and asking him, the more he will reveal to us how amazing we were made 
and how much power we have in his word and in his love. And so the the Bible verse I want to conclude with is Psalms 19:14. And I want us to even if possible write this down and really meditate on this. And really ask God what it is that he wants us to release to him that we have been carrying in our bodies that we need to be aware of and share with him openly out loud that we thought and that we felt so that he can then take that and transform it so that our words will now have that additional power when we decree good and powerful good things. So let the word, Psalms nineteen fourteen, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. When we do that, we're allowing him to redeem, to redeem anything and everything in our past, in our present, in our mind, in our bodies, to restore and replenish and refuel. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask if any of you want to come up and if you guys have questions, thoughts, takeaways, um, just share. Or um, if you want to activate this, I, what I want to do is I want you guys to repeat this out loud. This Psalm 1914 and own it. Use your own words and use your own name because it says in his word that he knows you by name. To state this and to share with him how aware that you are that your words are now having that. And that you know that God is going to redeem whatever it is that you're going through. Physically, emotionally, uh, mentally. God has the power. And again, if any of you guys have any prayer requests, I know that I got some in the back channel. We'll go ahead and close out with prayer at the end. So um, if any of you guys have anything that you want to share, flash your mic. If not, um, I'm going to go ahead and um, go and start that prayer. I know that some of you guys had prayer requests. So give me one second while I go over any of them so that I can make sure I, I lift that up in prayer as we close off. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, I just read some of them. Um, and I will go ahead and start, uh, praying. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to hear you more clearly, to follow you more nearly, and to seek you more deeply. Lord, we are so full of joy that we get to go deeper in your word every day that we get to be in your presence that the veil has torn and that we have this constant communicating access to you always lord we are so full of joy for all you are doing in our lives despite the circumstances just like jesus counted it all joy and just like he set his sight on the joy before him not on the cross, but on the joy before him, we too get to do that. That whatever it is that we're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever problem, whether it is mental, emotional, or physical, Lord, we can trust you through it. That all those things that are happening, whether they are within our bodies or in our marriage or in anything like that, Lord, 
I want to lift them up to you. Each and every one of us here, you know what is going on in their lives. You know them by name. You know the numbers of hairs in their head. You know intimately every one of our problems, every one of our thoughts. And so I lift up to you. Trey and Angela and Samantha and Janelle and Jacob and Natasha and all areas of their life. And I especially pray for those who are going through those problems and illnesses of different kinds, whether it be an illness in their marriage, whether it be a distraction that is happening in their path with you, Lord, or whether it is a conflict that they're trying to overcome especially around marriage, especially around partnerships or relationships. Lord, you know that you created so much love in us and that you want us to experience your love and none other than yours first and foremost before we can even think of trying to love on others or letting somebody else's love come into place or you and your love needs to overflow abundantly and sometimes that is exactly what we're doing and so if that's the case or allow them to see it lord give us that wisdom that will that mind of christ to be renewed by heart soul and spirit lord that any division that is trying to come in place may not happen because nothing, nothing, as your word says, can ever separate us from your love. There is no division, nothing, not even hell can separate us from your love, your immense love. And so anything that is trying to distort those thoughts, distractions or anything like that, Lord, may it be your will. May it be your great and good will that we can trust them because we know that your will is good. We know that you are love, that that is what you give us so abundantly. And so the breakthrough may happen right now as we are speaking life into each other, as we are lifting up our souls and hearts and minds to you, Lord. We can trust that that breakthrough is happening, that we get to thank you and praise you for all the miracles you're creating in our lives, in our health, in our wealth, in our wisdom, in our every area of our lives, Lord. And so we thank you and praise you for that. We truly thank you and praise you. We get to rejoice in you and all you are doing, Lord. And so in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so I want to thank you all for being here. Um, if any of you guys have anything personally, specifically that you want to share, I can go ahead and share that link for the free consultation that will be taking place um, through this month. Um, I am so grateful for all God is doing in my life. And I definitely want to share that gratitude um, and be able to make it accessible for anybody that needs to have that consultation or that wants to with me. Please reach out and I will send you that link so you can schedule it. Thank you all for joining me in this episode of Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Mind. If you would like to be live in my room recordings on Clubhouse, you can find me at Ana Gaeta on Clubhouse and Telegram, where you can also message me directly. Again, that's username A-N-A-G-A-E-T-A on both of those apps. I would love to learn more about you and your journey. And in case you want to know a little more about me, let me just share that as a mindset coach and wellness trainer for God's starting lineup, I'm here to help you get off the bench and into the field that you have been assigned. 
whether your ministry is at home as a mom or you're called to multiply and serve thousands. Your temple needs to be at an optimum condition for when God calls. So let's get you operating in the next level of faith and fitness today. You can contact me directly at anagaeta on Telegram or find me on the Clubhouse app. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a wonderful, blessed day.